You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Bringing you the best GPS mapping software directly to your smartphone or desktop, Onyx offers you the ability to see property boundaries, mark waypoints, track your location, and so much more. Visit onyxmaps.com or you can download it directly from your app store today. Save 20% off of your purchase by using the code NATION20 at checkout. That's capital N NATION followed by the number 20. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald, and this is episode number 71. Today I'm talking with my buddy Joey Bell from Tennessee. He's here at the Southern Ground headquarters, and we're discussing all things turkey hunting. But what we really key in on is out-of-state hunts for the regular guy and how you can do them better and more effectively and on a pretty tight budget. So you guys stay tuned. This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in with us today. I have got my buddy Joey Bell, and uh, he was here at the Southern Ground headquarters last week, and so we decided to record a podcast, and uh, this was before turkey season actually opened, and so we're all giddy and excited. His season opens, I believe, next week. We're on the, uh, the second weekend of the Alabama turkey season right now. And yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty discouraging for me, honestly. On opening day, I had two opportunities and uh, spooked bird one of the times, the first time, and that was unfortunate. And the second time I missed, about a couple hours later, I missed one. And that was on opening day, and I've only got to hunt one other afternoon since then, and I didn't see any turkeys. It was raining and just kind of crappy weather conditions, and so... Um, it was really, uh, it felt like a waste of time. I know it wasn't. Every minute spent in the field is, uh, is worth it, but it was uh, about an hour and a half drive for me to get to where I was going and to not see any birds. Pretty discouraging, but if I would have killed one, it would have been worth it. So it's only, you know, you're one shot away from, uh, from it being not worth it to being worth it. So uh, I always tell everybody, if you're, if you're an opportunist like I am, um, just go, and the worst the worst thing that can happen is is you know you don't kill anything or you don't see anything. Uh, but if you do, if you do kill one deer and turkeys, it's uh, it's worth it. It can become worth it really fast. So um, yeah, I'm I'm coming up on the second weekend, and actually my main place that I hunt opens up this weekend. So uh, places that I've been going to this week are kind of my just my spot that I really try to hunt this first week before my area opens up 
a lot of the WMAs are opening up this weekend for whatever reason. Uh, I know that the, the state has the reasoning for it, and uh, I'm fully supportive of them, everything that they do. I know it's all they're doing a lot of hard work trying to make sure that we have a healthy population of turkeys and that we can keep, keep this tradition on um, for the future. And so <clears throat> I try not to question any of that stuff. There are a few questions that I do have from time to time, but most of the time there's a good answer for them. So, um, yeah, hopefully you guys have been out in the field and – killing turkeys hopefully your luck has been better than mine has been this week but i am uh i'm getting ready for a full weekend of turkey hunting it's uh let's see thursday friday saturday and maybe even sunday if i get the opportunity Uh, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be trying to trying to kill a bird so yeah hopefully you guys are staying safe it's uh coronavirus 2020 i call it coronacation because it's uh it's kind of felt like there hadn't been a whole ton to do and uh, it's really great for a turkey hunter to who has property that's close that you, close by that you can that you can hunt and uh it's actually pretty nice um so i, I know a lot of a lot of guys are taking advantage of that i'm not going to take up too much of your time i do want to remind you that you can use the code southern ground um at checkout all lowercase all one word at screegear.com and uh and you can use that that code it'll save you 15 percent off your off your order and a bunch of great stuff there i've been this is my first turkey season using it so i'm using a lot of their early season stuff warm weather stuff and it's been awesome so far and uh, again you can use the code southern ground at checkout all lowercase all one word that's screegear.com and that's going to be about all i've got for you guys today um stay safe out there uh definitely um would recommend that you uh not be in groups but what better time for a turkey hunter to get to go out and turkey hunt than uh, than right now? So take advantage of it. Be safe, you guys. Enjoy this episode with Joey Bell. Man, thanks for coming. I'm glad to be here. We we had our lunch. Uh, our lunch at what was it? The Busy Bee. Mm-hmm. What did you a, think about that? Had a dough burger the first time it was super it was very delicious and it's sticking to my ribs and i should be good till <laughs> maybe till about breakfast tomorrow so yeah I, it should be good but so yeah. a dough burger is uh something from a place in coleman called busy bee and they actually like put dough like bread inside of the meat mm-hmm. the, the ground meat and then mm-hmm. they fry it yeah the texture is a little different mm-hmm. you can tell there's dough in there but I don't know. It had the taste of a burger, and I don't know. It was it was delicious, and it's crispy. Yeah, that was yeah. that's my favorite thing about it. It's like it's like when you eat like a country fried steak sandwich, and you get that crispiness in the meat. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, except it's better. That's right. I, I love them. Some yeah. people don't like them. Some people think they're disgusting. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. This episode of Southern Ground brought to you by Busy Bee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Busy Bee is. Uh, Definitely sponsoring the smells that are probably going to happen throughout the throughout the course of this episode, but uh, but it's man, just the the smell is just the coronavirus leaving your body. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking about that, we're recording this episode just a little bit early uh, for when it actually comes out. I don't know when this episode will actually air, mm-hmm. but right now we're sitting here on uh, what is it, the March the sixteenth, mm-hmm. and we are in the peak of the coronavirus scare yeah i hope i hope it's the peak uh yeah lord help us if it gets worse if it gets worse than this man so i actually woke up 
yesterday with uh, being sick, <laughs> and now today I'm like, dude, I'm. You can probably hear it in my voice. I know Joey can see it in my face. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not well. I don't think I have the coronavirus. Uh, I told my wife though. I was like, it'd be kind of cool to have the, to be the first person in the city that's got the coronavirus. That'd be kind of neat. Maybe right? you'll get a plaque. Yeah, I was like, I could figure out a way to market Southern Ground with being one of the first people in the city with coronavirus. Southern Ground coronavirus going around. Yeah. So uh, so I'm not feeling too hot. But I'm feeling good enough to do a podcast, and yeah. uh, I definitely don't have the body aches, which is uh, a good thing. Yeah, I'm I'm excited though, man. I'm excited to talk about turkeys. Yeah, you. I'm always down to talk about turkeys. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about I've been I've been tuned out of deer season since you know beginning of November. Right, I know that's kind of blasphemy to all the whitetail hunters, but uh, that's just how I'm wired. I, I live and breathe turkey hunting and i look forward to it you know ten and a half months out of the year you know tennessee season opens on april 4th and it usually ends around the middle of may and so since the last last may i've been looking forward to turkey season and it's finally dwindling down and the countdown is and man we're just ready to get after it it's about time man so i didn't realize y'all's y'all season opened that early yeah, it's the Saturday, I think, if I get this right, it's usually the Saturday closest to April 1st. Okay. And it usually closes, like I said, about the middle of May, so I think the weekend after Mother's Day, maybe, is okay. usually when it closes. I think that's right. Yeah, so I actually purchased my Tennessee non-resident license uh, three days ago mm-hmm. or so, and uh, I'm planning on coming to coming up to Tennessee uh, like the first week of may and hunting it on Mm -hmm. and off till the end of the season there in Mm -hmm. tennessee because our season here ends the first first weekend of may Mm -hmm. and i probably won't depending on so it really is a lot of a lot of things are actually pretty dependent on this coronavirus and the quarantines and Mm -hmm. the crap like that um you know i work in a church and Mm -hmm. at lunch today you you heard we were we were all on uh uh conference calls and stuff (laughs) <laughs> talking about plans and stuff for our for our season um or for our for this whatever quarantine mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it we're planning on 8 weeks of not having in person church Golly. at our church and our church is big yeah. I mean, we have three campuses and so it's a serious thing but easter falls somewhere in there mm-hmm. um i mean there's a lot of and easter's big for the church yeah. you know and um so if we go t- eight weeks of that it changes a lot but it also Mm -hmm. does a lot of i mean it i don't i I don't like it i'm not saying that i like it but it could potentially help turkey season a little Mm -hmm. bit for me so that is a plus side of it Mm -hmm. um obviously my livelihood comes from the church and so i want to i want to be able to have church you know that's my that's my career but it could help turkey season yeah. in the long run, you know. Uh, it could give me a few more opportunities to go. Yeah, the so. uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Yeah, it's true. That's <laughs> the true. Lord giveth turkey season, the Lord taketh away paychecks. Yeah, that's. <laughs> hey, okay. If you, if somebody told you, Joey, that you could not get paid for the rest of the lot, your life, or you could turkey hunt. Oh, I'd turkey hunt, no doubt. So you, I don't know if I phrased the question right. So you're telling me if, so I'd, I'd be broke for the rest of my life or I could turkey hunt the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely turkey hunt. You'd just be broke? I'd just be broke beating turkey all the time. 
Yeah. Hey, that works. <laughs> There's a cat. I don't know. Do I only get to hunt turkeys like during season or <laughs> I have to have a, I have to have a means to afford to turkey. Yeah, I you guess. Have, how are you going to buy TSS without a turkey, without a, a paycheck? That's I'm what gonna I want to know. I'm going to have to start killing them with rocks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Joey, you were actually on, I was looking up just now. Um, I can't actually tell which episode it was, but you were on an episode a little less than a year ago on April the 19th mm-hmm. last year. And we just kind of talked turkey tactics and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and you actually said something in that episode that stuck with me uh, for the rest of that season, for the <laughs> remainder of that season. You talked about, um, I believe it was two gobblers that you'd been working, and they were down in a bottom, and you were maybe on a field edge or something. Mm-hmm. And you thought there was no way they were going to come up this steep bluff. Yeah, I remember that now. And uh, and sure enough, they came up that bluff. Yeah, I remember. I remember that now. I was on the edge of a field, and the field kind of had some, uh, you know, it was growed up on the edge of the field, so I was kind of tucked away in there, and the way that I thought these gobblers were going to come up was going to come up that edge just on the outside of where it's all grown up, and it, I think uh, it was on private land, so it would been mowed, and I was like, man, that's just a nice pathway for this for them to just walk up here and right in front of my gun barrel. And my back was to this you know, drainage or just a little small holler, you know, depending on where you're from in the country, I guess. Yeah. And uh, down in there was just rugged. It was kind of up and down. And I was like, man, there's no way they just come up through there. And they had this nice little walkway to come up through. But, yeah, you're exactly right. I was looking I was looking out into the field and expecting them to come up through there. And then all of a sudden, over my right shoulder, I hear... And then I look over, and one of those uh, one of those gobblers is strutting on this little knob just right there, and he's looking at me. And then all of a sudden, all of his feathers drop, and I look over to the right of him, and there's that other gobbler that was with him, and he's just sitting there at attention, just staring me down. And I'm like, well, crap, they've made me. And yeah, sure enough, and they all left. They both left, and I was like, golly, man. But that uh, that little that little thing right there just reinforced how much they can really pinpoint and know exactly where you're at yeah. if you keep calling to them. And, yeah, I had to change things up after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, after talking to you that day, because I've definitely made my setups, and, and I think typically turkeys are going to take that kind of like deer wood, a path of re- leaf yeah. resistance, mm-hmm. but every once in a while, they're just going to they're gonna take the path that, is difficult yeah you know every once in a while they're going you're, they're going to do like we talk about a lot turkey's mm-hmm. going to do what turkeys want to do mm-hmm. but that stuck with me a lot because i hunt a lot of uh mountainous terrain mm-hmm. here in north alabama and i deal with bluffs and things like yeah. that and so i'm thinking to myself you know i'm going to set up here there's no way a turkey's going to come up this bluff but then you telling that story it's just another one of those like small nuggets and that's really what i what i try to do with especially with turkey podcasts is provide small nuggets that are true mm-hmm. um to help people like you did for me remember them throughout the season as they're going in certain scenarios um just things that they can say yeah turkey's not going to do that mm-hmm. and then things that they can say it might yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard to plan for things like that because you almost have to invest in, you know, the scenario where they do come up. Right. Uh, come up that easy, that path of least resistance. And just know in the back of your mind that you have to prepare 
for if something else happens. Yeah, and that's it's that's part of that's part of hunting. That's just the gambles you have to you have to make. It is. Um, but it, you said you're you're taking little nuggets of things or little nuggets of information from all these conversations, and that's you know nobody has all the answers, but collectively as a turkey, as a hunting or turkey hunting community. We all have some little bit of information to share. Being, right. Even if you've only hunted one year and you had one encounter with a turkey, you've got something to share. Yeah. Somebody else that's hunted turkeys for 50 years, they've got all kinds of information to share. But that guy that hunted that one time might still know something that the guy that's hunted 50 years doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And <clears throat> and really with turkeys, you know, any anything's possible. That's right. <laughs> we, we can't We can't count anything really out of the question nope you know i i would like to say they're not going to cross water mm-hmm. that's a typical thing but mm-hmm. i've seen them cross water not swim but seen them fly across seen videos of them swimming i think I, did you see that video that <laughs> somebody posted a video they were out on uh some lake i want to say it was on the tennessee turkey hunters page mm-hmm. on facebook um and this this bird I'm trying to think of what they said. Like they saw a flock of birds fly across mm-hmm. a lake, but two of them landed short of the lake. <laughs> they flew into the water, and so they went and rescued it. And this poor little hen was like bobbing up and down in the water, trying to swim, and her feathers were just oh, they're getting soaked, soaked you know. And she probably sink like a rock. And she <clears> got saturated. Yeah, and so he went up and grabbed her and threw her onto the bank. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like. I've never seen a turkey swim. I think I think I'm pretty confident I've seen video of that. It was like a hen just I don't know, she was just kinda of floating on top of the water. I don't know if she's yeah. just gotten there or what. But I don't know. They maybe they can swim. Like we were talking at lunch about, you know, hunting Miriams out in Nebraska and how I was pretty confident they could teleport because yeah. I just you can't keep up with them. Like they just walk real ambly and they just kinda of just, you know, him haw around. And then you lose sight of them, and then when you see them again, they're like 500 yards away, yeah. walking the same exact speed. <laughs> and yeah, I'm pretty confident they can just either run really fast when nobody's looking, or they just teleport. I think yeah. that's the only that's the only logical. And teleporting reason. is probably the only logical explanation for it. That's probably the most. That, it makes the most sense in the yeah. turkey woods. Like that's the only thing that can happen. I mean, I know like with with turkeys and deer, both I've seen this where you've got eyes on them, you can see where they're going watching them through the trees and then all of a sudden they don't come out the other side of a tree yeah they went behind a tree and then they don't come out and you're like where did they go yeah it was like a they went to the what is it on uh stranger things the upside down yeah they went to the upside down (laughs) they're they're just gone or something i don't know it's so crazy and and normally it's going to be with big bucks Mm -hmm. like that's the way it normally happens like oh i saw him for a split second then he went behind a tree and never came out yeah you know it it's something the, the, the things i mean because i know i couldn't do that mm-hmm. i don't care how much camo i'm wearing <laughs> if you watch me th- walking through the woods you're going to keep be able to keep eyes on yep. me the whole time me too but it, it's so weird because i'm pretty confident i've seen a strutting turkey that you know one of those big ones that look like a dumpster with the lid open yeah you know just kind of walking through the woods and then all of a sudden they disappear behind a sapling that's like two inches long two yeah. inches wide <laughs> it's so crazy man these animals and that's you know that's what keeps it that's what keeps it fun i yeah. think it's that if it were if when we went out go out there and if it were easy 
I don't know that it would be it, that much was, fun. You'd get burnt out on it. I get burnt out on stuff pretty easy. Yeah. But the one thing that's constant, man, is just wanting to go turkey hunting every spring. Yeah. I don't I've knock on wood, I haven't gotten burnt out on it yet. Yeah. And if that day ever comes, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. Yeah. I, I don't think know. that's what that's one you hear about guys that are doing the forty nine state thing and that I think that's the coolest thing ever. But I know in my heart the way that I am, if I tried to do that or attempted to do that, I think I'd just get burnt out on it. It yeah. would just get too much like work. So props to all those guys that can keep the focus and get that done and do yeah. that. But I enjoy taking my week. You know, I take a week off for turkey hunting every year, and just in the last couple of years I've traveled and yeah. gone somewhere to go turkey hunting. And before I just hunted around home, but, you know, I, I love just going to a new place every year. But I don't think I would want to try to fill, like, 10 states or something in a season or do yeah. something crazy like that. It would, I think it would just wear on me, and I don't ever want that to I know I'm not good enough at it to be able to go to 10 states. You ain't got to be good to travel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, but like for me, I get this way about Alabama with deer and turkeys because, you know, typically we talk about it a lot on the show, and Mm -hmm. I know you know this, southern hunting is a little more difficult. Yeah. Um, You know, I I also firmly believe that you can't make excuses for your region that you're put in. Mm -hmm. You have the upper hand in the region that you were born in. You know what I mean? You've been able to learn this stuff your whole life. So if you've been doing your due diligence, then you should be able to make it happen. There's no reason why somebody who grew up turkey hunting in Alabama shouldn't be able to go kill turkeys in Alabama. Mm -hmm. You can't use that as a cop-out. But it is typically a little little more difficult. Mm -hmm. Out-of-state guys say it all the time when they travel to a place like Alabama mississippi for turkeys deer yeah i've heard more recently um just listening to several different turkey hunting podcasts Mm -hmm. guys talking about alabama birds just being a different different breed like even of easterns there's Mm -hmm. there's like somewhere in there it's a strain that they don't (laughs) they don't gobble and uh you go somewhere else you know and and you hear the woods light up Mm -hmm. you know a bad day of turkey hunting in a place where turkeys are gobbling is better than some bad days that I've had in Alabama where it's just like, <laughs> why am I even here? Mm-hmm. I cover nine miles today, and I haven't yeah. heard a single turkey. Yeah, they you teleport. Know? Yeah, they go to somewhere else. <laughs> um, but, but you know, it, it is it is a little more difficult in Alabama. And um, so I for me, you know, going to other states, I do this deer and deer season too. I have to have – every opportunity i have to create every opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to hunt in in alabama mm-hmm. because i know that it's not going to be just an easy thing for me right. to go and do I, so i don't schedule just a just a boatload of especially when i like for deer i'll schedule more out-of-state hunts early in the season because our season opens up uh like october the late october october mm-hmm. 21st or something like that yeah that's when our deer season opens so mm-hmm. a lot of states are open. Georgia's open in September. Kentucky's open in September. Uh, Tennessee's open in September. Yep. A lot of the states that I hunted this year, I hunted all those states before our season even opened here. Mm-hmm. You know, and so turkeys were a little bit different in turkeys in that Alabama season opens up way earlier. Earlier, yeah. Not way earlier. Usually it would already be open. It would have opened mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, most of the time moved you back. They moved us back a week Mm -hmm. and, uh, but the place where I hunt stayed the same. Um, it's the last weekend of March Mm -hmm. and it's the zone that I'm in. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hunting some private land starting next weekend or this upcoming weekend. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I'll be hunting some private land I have permission on that's on the in the zone that opens up this weekend. But, um, like, I'm going to plan more of my out-of-state trips after our season's over. So, like, Tennessee, uh, yeah, okay. I'll be going to Tennessee a lot once our season ends mm-hmm. here. But I know that if I'm right in the middle of the Alabama turkey season, I'm – Several things. I'm not going to be tagged out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably won't. <laughs> Statistically, I'm not going to tag out in Alabama. I think we get we get like five five birds what mm-hmm. we can kill. Yeah, um, y'all get a lot. Yeah, we get a lot. Our, we get four. <laughs> yeah, which is still great. That's still a but lot. But in Tennessee, it's not unlikely that you could tag out if you got a spot with turkeys on it. Yeah. You could tag out on four birds. Yeah. Um, Alabama, there definitely are guys who live it out. Mm-hmm. There's good turkey hunters in this state. Uh, I ain't one of them. <laughs> I, I struggle. I can usually kill some, but I'm likely not going to be tagged out. Yeah. However, I've never had a, a full season of being able to hunt a piece of private land like I have mm-hmm. access to this year, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. You can really hone your skills on private land. Mm-hmm. That's basically what I did. You know, I grew up on a farm, and uh, <laughs> I had access to private land, and we had leases for cattle, and we farmed and everything else, so... You know, I was able to hone all kinds of skills on there. I, I could mess up, you know, without the dire consequences of, you know, hunting public land. Yeah. But I learned turkeys, and you learn what they do, and then you can apply that to almost anywhere, just, you know, turkeys being turkeys. Yeah. Now, so so you grew up, we kind of talked about this before we hit record. You grew up, um, well, actually, let's do this. We haven't really gave you much of an introduction. <laughs> uh, we can kind of talk about who you are, what you do. I know mm-hmm. you, you work with BHA mm-hmm. on a lot of things. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Joey Bell? Yeah, um, so I am the uh, chapter chair for the Tennessee chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Uh, we just became a chapter, actually it wasn't long after we did our podcast last year. Yep. Uh, I think it was in late May or June that we became our own chapter and uh, separated from the Southeast chapter. But um, we're kind of we're in a, I don't want to say a slump, but we're kind of taking things slow right now because of the coronavirus stuff and uh you know we don't have any events really planned for the next few months anyway but we're trying to keep focus on a couple of issues around there's a couple of uh sand mines that are wanting to be uh constructed or operational next to the rivers and kind of worried about some runoff there and so looking into that and a couple other things we've been working with uh twra uh as far as getting more cwd uh, samples and so we had our uh, BHA versus CWD contest back yep. in the fall and that if you had if you harvested a deer uh, and got it tested and you got results back and there was a couple of different ways to enter but uh, you could enter to win a Tennessee hunt license for 2020 well 2020 2021 it's a lot of 20s but uh, <laughs> so yeah, we had a uh, we had several entries for that, and that was cool to get. You know, that was kind of our first big thing that we had going on, and it, was, it went to a good cause and went to helping you know with CWD research. So we're probably gonna do that again, and uh, we'll have a couple other things throughout the summer. Um, like I think we have one for I think it's called Taste of Tennessee. We're we're gonna try and have different wild game dishes prepared by a chef, and all the wild game will be from Tennessee, and then we'll have. Maybe like a foraging class and uh, some oh, things cool. like that. So that'll be some cool stuff we have going on. That'll be on. neat. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I grew up on a farm, a uh, farm kid from Middle Tennessee, and then uh, went to Middle Tennessee State and got a bachelor's degree in concrete industry management. 
Lived up in Northern Virginia and Baltimore for about uh, four and a half or five years. I was in Baltimore during the riots. So, wow. uh, so you know, represent. <laughs> Dang, man. <laughs> so That's I survived cool. that. So this is nothing crazy for you, being out of toilet paper, is it? Oh, no, man. Uh, when, I, when I lived up in Baltimore during those, uh, during those riots, I think it was 2015, and uh, my office that I worked at was about 30 minutes north of there. And uh, coming back into the city, I think it was like the day after the riots or something, we had National Guardsmen on like, there was every street corner, especially around the police station, and I rode right by it. So it was almost living in occupied territory because those guys wow. were just everywhere. And, yeah. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have like a rifle or a pistol, you know, in the city limits of Baltimore where I live, but I was able to have my shotgun. So the same shotgun I turkey hunted with laid on my coffee table all that night with a box of shells next to it, and it was loaded, ready to go. But did you see anything crazy? I personally did not. Uh, I lived next to, uh, there's a little park in downtown Baltimore called Patterson Park. And the I think it was the night of the riots or the night after, some. it was right around in that area, I could hear a helicopter just hovering over the park. And I kind of, po- I lived in a townhouse, and I poked my head out the door, and I looked out, and I saw this helicopter, and they were, like, yelling at somebody on the ground from the helicopter. <laughs> Dang. So, so yeah, that was pretty interesting. And then you would see the occasional, I mean, Baltimore is pretty wild without the riots. So yeah. You'd see all kinds of mess, you know, depending on what street you went down. So, yeah. we, talk, we Those of us, that, I actually had a friend that lived a couple blocks down, and I grew up with her. And her and her husband lived there, and they were there during the same time. And every time we get together now, they actually live back in Nashville, not far from where I live. And we get together every now and then, and we still talk about the Baltimore riots, like their old huh. war stories. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember the remember the riots like it was yesterday. <laughs> you know, we had the flashbacks, helicopters flying through the air. And that That's pretty crazy. I've, You know, it's just so weird, especially like. I've said it a lot in the last week or so. Like, what a time to be alive. That's right. You know, it's like people are at, are going nuts, yeah. man. And like running know, out of uh, toilet paper. I don't know what they're doing with this toilet paper. They got to be eating it. I don't, uh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I think somebody, I think somebody somewhere in a high up position was sitting around and they were saying, we should, we should play a joke during this coronavirus. Yeah. We should just make, let's see how much we can control people mm-hmm. and think of the most random thing. <laughs> that the store sells and make people believe you better have this or you're going to die. That's right. And so now like my wife happened to be at a place and we actually needed toilet paper. We got two kids Mm -hmm. and we were running low and, uh, um, she was at the store last week and happened to be there when they brought a crate or a, a (laughs) a pallet out of toilet paper and she got one. Mm hmm. Uh, package of it because that's all we need. We don't yeah, need yeah. a ton. And she got one pack, and there was a lady in there that grabbed like fifteen, Golly, fifteen geez. packs of toilet paper. My wife paid twenty. It was nineteen ninety nine for that. Golly. for that twenty four pack of toilet paper. That other lady got mugged on the way out, dude. <laughs> I'm like, you gonna spend that much money on toilet paper? Come printer, on, you can just buy printer paper. <laughs> yeah, like my goodness, man. Like that's. Anyway, I know turkey hunters don't really care about. Yeah, they're, they're still making shotgun this. shells and uh, and all kinds of turkey stuff, so yep. we ain't got nothing to worry about. Yep, I, I'm a little concerned. Um, that's what I told you when we were eating lunch today. Like, you know, this is it, it, it's good for a turkey hunter. You know, mm-hmm. this is all. You know, I'm working from home most of the time right now, mm-hmm. and 
some of our services have been changed around and stuff. And so, like, I'm excited, you know, as a turkey hunter that, but at the same time, it could be, like, it's just really bad. I Like, the whole time, all I'm thinking of is, man, I'm okay as long as this just doesn't affect turkey season. Like, please don't affect turkey season. And uh, so that's where I'm at with the whole deal. Like, if it don't affect turkey season, yeah. and, you know, the, I'm sure if your wives are listening to this, mm-hmm. my wife ever heard it, she won't. <laughs> but if she ever heard it, like, it sounds really selfish that that's the only thing mm-hmm. I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned about our family's health or anything like that. Not We're not going to go hungry at my house. I'll no, we that. got plenty of meat. We got yeah. plenty of everything. We're fine. I'm not concerned about it. I just don't want turkey season. I've been looking forward to this for a while, man. Yeah, it's, I, I don't even want to think about it. It kind of hurts my heart, and I, I feel yeah. a twitch in my left arm just talking about the cancellation of turkey season, so I don't want to, I don't want to get into it. They did. Somebody, uh, Winnebago something or another, yeah, uh, Indian was, Reservation? Uh, yeah, Reservation canceled their turkey season, and uh, I'm really glad I don't hunt that thing. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I could see happening is is like a quarantine, which I don't think is legal. Completely like a like a home quarantine. Mm-hmm. It can be, I think they can like recommend things, and you can't leave mm-hmm. like your state or something like that. Yeah, if they you know? go, uh, if they start no knocking people for you know not being in quarantine, that's how you that's how you get the boogaloo started, right? Yeah. There. Well, <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, is that as people are listening to this episode, oh, there's no telling what's gonna happen. There's no telling what's gonna have happened by this point. They could be sitting in their house like, yeah. <laughs> These guys are full of crap. You know, they didn't know nothing, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they could be like, man, we could be looking at this when this releases and be thinking to ourselves, like, we really underestimated what was going to happen <laughs> during this time. I don't ever underestimate the stupidity of people anymore. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. So, uh, back to turkey hunting. Back to turkey yep. hunting. So, you, or back to you, I guess. So, you lived in Baltimore for a little bit, grew mm-hmm. up on a farm, mm-hmm. and we were talking about it, you... Uh, I was telling you kind of my view on hunting public land for turkeys, mm-hmm. deer, whatever, uh, was always that you hunt public land if you have no other options, yep. and that's it. Mm-hmm. And now, like, thinking about it now, it's like, man, how crazy I was back yeah. then. Yeah, the opportunities are, and I was in the same boat, you know, growing up on a farm, I drove by public hunting uh, to get to a farm of mine. The public hunting, I think the public hunting area I drove by was like a thousand acres, and the farm I was hunting was three hundred. So I passed an extra six hundred acres to go yeah. hunt my little three hundred, but it never crossed my mind to go hunt public land. And but just like you, you know, there were so many stigmas. You get shot if you go on public land. There's all kinds of hoodlums out there, and you know we got a good place to hunt and my dad he's he's in his upper he's in yeah he'll be 77 this year he still thinks like that you know i still can't <laughs> i still can't get it through him that you know hunting public is so much more fun than you know res, you know restricting yourself to just a small quote unquote small uh private private land yeah um but in the last few years i started hunting public and i've traveled and hunted turkeys on public land and it's totally opened my eyes to Man, the possibilities are literally limitless. Yeah, there's no way you there's no way you can hunt on every piece of public in America. So you ha- you're always going to have options to go hunt turkeys. Yeah. and uh, it doesn't cost anything. I mean, it costs your license, and and if you camp out, then that's it. it costs you your license to go turkey hunt. Yeah, and, and gas, but you know that's nothing 
compared to you know what you would pay for like an outfitter. I can remember thinking because uh, I, I first I first kind of got the bug to hunt turkeys on public or on period hunt easterns. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I I think I told you there was about five years in between when I lived in West Texas and when I actually started hunting eastern turkeys out here. So um, that five years was kind of like eh, you know I still deer hunted mm-hmm. and stuff, um, and I think I maybe went turkey hunting like once or twice during that period of time mm-hmm. but i got on a club in georgia when i was living there i got on a club during turkey season and i was not able to hunt turkeys until i paid my dues which i think i used my tax return or something like mm-hmm. that to pay those club dues mm-hmm. but i was trying to get on it before turkey season ended in georgia and then i think i had like two weeks left to hunt mm-hmm. well i spent i wasted so much time <laughs> Of that turkey season because I just wasn't open to the idea of hunting on public land. Yeah. And I was like, I've got to get on a club. I've got to hurry up and do it so I can hunt the last two weeks of turkey season. Mm-hmm. And I could have just, I could have been out on public <laughs> that whole season. Yeah. Like I had the itch to go. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go. I wanted to start learning how to kill these things. Yeah. And how to hunt them. And I just didn't, I just didn't go. Yeah. I ended up going for a little while, for a couple weeks, you know, mm-hmm. but there's no telling what I could have learned. Yeah, and it's, it's so much fun hunting just new ground, too. Yeah. And I think that's what excited me so much about when I went down to Nebraska last year. It was totally different than from anything I was used to here. You, right. You know, be it if you hunt around, I say here, you know, southeast, you know, big woods or fields or uh, just whatever. It's just totally different out there. It's way open ground you can see for literally miles and you have little slivers of trees and the place i was on was the pine ridge you know for the miriams up in northwest nebraska uh it's absolutely gorgeous out there and they have the buttes um the scenery uh the scenery alone is worth the trip out to a new place turkey hunt yeah especially when you get out west and uh cross over in like western nebraska wyoming colorado uh, all that country out there it's gorgeous so did we last year did we talk before you went on your trip yeah yeah i I do want to talk about that Mm because i think uh i think people can learn a lot from Mm -hmm. you know a guy who was just all like kind of out of the blue is like i want to start hunting these things in other states and especially i kind of feel like i feel like if you want to be on the board of BHA or be involved, mm-hmm. you have to go out west every year. Like it's kind of a yeah, it's kind of a prerequisite. Yeah, it's like that's on the not really, but it's on the interview. Like, are you okay with going out west every year? But you did. You went out west and did some turkey hunts. Yeah, uh, and then you're planning on doing that again this year. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of break down for us where you went and mm-hmm. what you know? We talked about cost being minimal, you yeah. know, because it really is to go out of state if you're mm-hmm. going to hunt public land. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so. The decision was made, uh, it was, let's see, last year, what, I can't remember, can't even remember what year it is, so it's 2020 now, we went in 2019, but the decision was made to go out there in 2018, um, there was going to be my bachelor party, or it was my bachelor party, Right. Uh, I got married in uh, the beginning of May, and the last week of April, my buddy and I lit out and uh, went to Nebraska, I wanted a Miriam's, uh, for no reason other than I knew they were gorgeous birds, and they lived in pretty country. And that was reason enough to go after them. So, okay, that decision was made. What's the next decision to make? Okay, where are these things at? <laughs> so uh, the closest place to kill a Miriams for me was uh, western Nebraska, up in the Panhandle. Um, How far was that? 
it took us, you know, it took us about a day and a half to get out there, and that was pretty hard driving. the uh, The first night we tried to sleep in a in a I think it was a Lutheran church parking lot there in the middle of <laughs> middle of nowhere, Nebraska, and it, it got freaking cold out there. So we liked to froze to death for a few hours and didn't get any sleep. So we got up and just kept driving. So it was a day and a half of hard driving. Um, and on the way back, we were so tired, we just got a hotel room and split split it into two days. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned that. But, uh, yeah, western Nebraska, up around, uh, there's a couple towns. There's only a couple significant towns around there. One was Shadron, another one's Crawford. Um, and those towns are just north of what they call the Pine Ridge. Okay. And so that area is full of uh, public ground, uh, Nebraska National Forest, and I don't know how many WMAs are out there. So, um that was that's the decision of you know where um and then it was just my buddy and i and we put out the field we put out the word to have several of my friends because it was going to be my bachelor party yeah. so i was gonna i was gonna invite anybody that would remotely want to go but it turns out not many people wanted to take off you know work or be gone away from home for about 10 days going turkey hunting <laughs> so so that uh, that shortened the list down to about two people it was just me and jacob and uh so that made things a lot a lot more simple you know yeah just either finding accommodations or just dealing with two guys so what we did uh we got out there and we got us an airbnb uh, and it was super cheap i would say if you go out there by yourself i might recommend just camping or something like that Yeah, truck camp yeah that's what i would do because you're still looking at you know an airbnb i don't know you can pay up to upwards to 100 bucks a night for some yeah. nicer places or 50 60 70 bucks so by yourself if you're hunting for a week it adds up yeah for sure but if you got at least two guys if you got two three four guys and you get an airbnb you have a house to yourself and cost is nil you know you just got a place to sleep because you're not going to be at the house all day every day right you just need a place to sleep at night so uh that was easy and then we would just eat in town because we were gone till like nine o'clock at night so we didn't we didn't really have time to cook anything so we just ate we stayed out um but um, what we're going to do this year is we're probably going to camp and bring our own food um, and do that because, you know, we're be, being it was a bachelor party last week or last year. Yeah. You know, we were kind of we were willing to just, you know, have a house and kick back and relax. We actually didn't we actually didn't get up very early every morning. Um, I think I talked about the last time I was on the podcast. You know, I love hunting middle of the day in the afternoons. Yeah. And um we figured out too that there wasn't that much pressure, you know, after the morning hunt anyway. Mm-hmm. So we had to sleep in. I mean, we got up a few mornings that we had birds roosted, and uh, but other than that, you know, we'd just sleep in, get up at like seven o'clock, yeah. eat breakfast, and then go hunting. So yeah. we were well, we were well rested. And it um, worked out. It worked out. Yeah, we we had uh, six tags and we filled five of them in four days. So that was good. That was a lot of fun. That's a that's a pretty good trip, man. <laughs> like. That's a really good trip. That's yeah. awesome. And especially considering, you know, like like kind of what you said, you weren't getting up super early, mm-hmm. you know. You, you're you going out there and just like, it, it's almost like, let's go kill turkey today, you know. <laughs> that was our mindset. Uh, I mean, that's what we had planned to do every day. <laughs> what do you want to do today? I don't know. It's, what time is it? Say, let's go, let's go kill turkey. Yeah, let's go eat At, breakfast. We, we did make it a point to eat some some awesome breakfast yeah go down to the greasy spoon and get you some fried potatoes and you know some hash browns and eggs or whatever and then we'll go kill a turkey <laughs> so so we we're we we're talking about a little bit at lunch today but you uh you were 
it, it was a little bit different, right? It was mm. a little bit different style of turkey hunting. Yeah, and uh, everywhere, everybody that I've ever talked to that hunted Miriams, they're like, oh, man, they're the easiest things to kill. You can call them in by slapping two boards together. And I'm like, man, that's the kind of turkeys I need. <laughs> yeah. That's just what I want. But we get out there, and it was um, it was kind of early in the season. They have an archery season and a shotgun season, and we got there, I think, the second weekend of the shotgun season. So I guess it was kind of still early you know, yeah. for them out there and that they were still grouped up with a bunch of hens. So there were hens everywhere. They weren't that responsive to calling. And I just had these dreams and aspirations of seeing the big white, white-tipped fan come over the hill and just kind of <laughs> waltz and just saunter right into the, the shotgun there. But uh, that was not the case. <laughs> and uh, they were very unresponsive to calling. Um, had a lot of hens with them, so we basically just had to use – it's not – I don't know if you call it woodsmanship out there. They ain't got that much woods. Uh, but just prairie ship, yeah, prairie ship, meadow ship, uh, and just get in positions and almost chase down a couple turkeys just to get them in shotgun range. Um, just ambushing, and you pretty much did that with one of them, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, so the, the first one that I was able to kill, I'd literally chased over like some sand dunes that were in a drainage, and the flock would go over one. I would watch them, and the flock would go over one, and as soon as they got out of sight, I would sprint down the one I was on and up the next one where they just went over, and I'd just keep gaining a little ground that way, and I'd gain a little ground. And I finally ran out of ground, and uh, they, got up, they got up on the edge of this drainage and were kind of trotting away. And they were about 40 yards. The last the last gobbler was about 40 yards away. I said, well, it's now or never. And I just kind of eased up and I shouldered my shotgun. And I guess that was just enough to, like, get their attention and just stop and wonder what I, what I was. And I fired off a shot, and I got the last one. So, huh. so, so there went that there went my dreams of, you know, having one work in or whatever. I had to yeah. just I was chased down. I, I ran up to that bird. And I couldn't hardly breathe because I'd been running like for the last half hour. <laughs> and I was just sitting there trying to catch my breath. And uh, But it was still cool. And uh, we killed two other ones like that. Uh, not that we had to chase them down, but just, you know, my buddy killed one. Uh, just ambushing, sitting in like a, a downed tree. Yeah. And some walked by him. He got out and he was able to get out in front of him. And then uh, some other ones. Uh, the other one we killed was a Jake. Uh, my buddy Jacob killed that one. Uh, kind of funny. Jake killed a Jake. Killed killed a Jake. Jake yeah. yeah. But um, these birds were just kind of coming over the hill to where we were sitting. We weren't even calling. We were sitting there listening for a gobble that evening. And uh, this flock of birds, we heard them just, you know, clucking and purring, just kind of ambling up this hill. And so we kind of just dropped down to the ground and we're just laying on the ground. And I think it was Jacob's turn to shoot that time. And I said, uh, well, if you shoot... I'm just going to pop up and I'm going to try to shoot one too if I, if I spot one. And he caught a glimpse of a Jake and he killed it and the flock just scattered. And, uh, there was a Jake that flew right past me and I shouldn't have shot it. That's probably bad ethics, but I tried to shoot at this flying turkey and I just <laughs> totally missed. I didn't nick a feather off of him. So there went one $10 TSS shell for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we got uh, we got really what we came for on that Tuesday, and uh, we got into a spot there that we were in the day before uh, and saw birds, and so that Tuesday we planned to go there again, and there was a truck there, and when we drove by, saw the truck, we looked off into the field that uh, this truck was parked in, and way at the other end of the field, we could see like three guys coming back to the truck, 
and they had we looked at them through binoculars they had ground blinds and they had all kinds of stuff it might have been some of you guys that like to film your hunts <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they had, look really, really ridiculous <laughs> coming out of the woods sometimes. yeah they looked like they were refugees just coming out of the woods they had everything <laughs> it looked like they had everything they owned on their back but uh i told jay i was like well they're, they're coming back to the truck uh let's just pull down there we'll, we'll just hide in the bushes and wait for them to leave <laughs> so we pulled down the road and we were watching them through binoculars and yeah sure enough they loaded up and got out of there and uh, we just whipped right in behind them and started walking in and actually got on some goblin birds and um set up and it was textbook that was the that was the only goblin birds during the day that we heard and we wow. killed both of them so we got really lucky, and yeah, it was everything. Did you we, kill them both in like in the same set? Like, yeah, yeah, we doubled. That's awesome. Yeah, um, we were in this little clearing, and they had to come down one side of a of a drainage and kind of up halfway to the, halfway up the other side where we were sitting, and we would kind of watch them the whole way. Um, we had a Jake decoy out, give them something to look at, and they sambled down through there, and it was the first. Uh, that was when I really. I really realized the difference between hunting Miriams and hunting Easterns because back here uh, was the calling. I uh, have to like, it's really soft and you try to be sweet and you, you do more subtle calling around here than yeah. you do anything else. And so I tried that and they almost seem uninterested. They're like, eh, okay, whatever. I hear somebody over there talking, huh. uh, but they didn't really get into it. And so they were kind of hanging up on us. And I started just like doing a fighting purr. I had had my pot call, and then I had a mouth call in my mouth, and uh, we were just started doing a fighting purr. And Jacob had a, a pot call with him, and he was doing a fighting purr, and I was doing a fighting purr in my mouth, and we were just making all kinds of racket. <laughs> and man, they were just hammering, and here they come. They just trotted right down that hill, and as soon as they got out of sight, we put our pot calls down, and I just got ready. And uh, that first one came into the clearing and kind of looked at things and. As soon as I was, I told Jacob, I said, as soon as I get a shot, I'm going to take it. And I just hope that that other one just stands still long enough for you to shoot. I was being real selfish. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but sure enough, I shot that one and he started flopping and the other one kind of started trotting and running to the, to the left and, uh, Jacob shot and killed him. But, uh, we killed wow. both of them just right there. And, uh, that was the most fun turkey hunt we'd ever been on. That's pretty cool. So you, you talk about those guys that were there. Mm -hmm. How was the pressure? in nebraska when you were there so we got there easter weekend and oddly enough and we had planned to stay we had planned to get there that friday night or that weekend sometime easter and hunt that whole rest of the week and we had planned on what we had or what we had in our mind was that there's gonna be all kinds of people there on the weekend you know we'll just spend the first couple of days scouting kind of get in the land of land see where people are parked and then when the crowd leaves sunday night monday then we can hunt the rest of the week yeah and that's what we thought but when we got there there wasn't really that much pressure that weekend which i thought was odd so i don't know if it was easter that kind of had things you know different or whatever but we had virtually the run of the place for a couple of days when we were out there. there wasn't anybody there and then tuesday was one of the first times we saw somebody and that's when everybody showed up they showed up yeah. on tuesday they stayed the rest of the week and we didn't kill a <laughs> bird we didn't kill a bird there the rest of the week because there's people everywhere uh, I, I'll give that excuse. It could have been that we just sucked at turkey hunting by the end of the week and we got burnt out. But yeah, I don't know. It was it was weird. We had a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of pressure during the week, and there was wasn't any that weekend. It was wow. reversed of what I would have thought. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, mm -hmm. So when you say a lot of pressure, when you say like there was a lot more in the week, how would you compare it to some of the southern states? 
I mean, you know, it was, it was, there was pressure in that I saw a truck everywhere. I saw a truck at every piece of public that we drove by. Yeah. Or there was one or two trucks. Now, it's different. It was different out there because, uh, one, there was a lot of public in a little bit of area. So you had the Nebraska National Forest, which is there. And then I know one, two, there's probably at least five WMAs within a couple hours of each other. Yeah. And they're sizable. And we covered a lot of ground and did a lot of driving, a lot of walking. And almost everywhere we went after that Tuesday had a truck parked in it. Really? Like even the places the places we had been before, the places we had killed turkeys, and man, we'd go back uh, like that Wednesday or something, there'd be, be a truck there. And huh. I, I'm not knocking anybody. You yeah, know, I, yeah, I, sure. I wish them all the best, but man, I just wish they'd pick, they'd just come the last week or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I mean, there was just, there was just people hunting out there. Yeah. And, um, we just, uh, we just tried to deal with it. We, we got, a, we got around some goblin birds, you know, a little bit later in the week, but just couldn't make it happen like we did uh, the first few days. So. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like? What's the terrain like and stuff out there? There was, uh, it's rolling hills and, um, buttes, uh, you know, the, the, the sandstone colored buttes are out there. So that was really cool as a backdrop, you know, of calling turkeys, um, they call it the Pine Ridge for a reason. There are pine trees everywhere. That was mostly what was out there. Um, drainages, you know, just washed out drainages, big, I call them haulers, you know, it depends on where you're from. It's either yeah. a drainage or a hauler. But uh, those are going everywhere, and uh, just uh, it's pretty steep in places. The, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the hills are a little easier to get up. Because, you know, around here you've got, the, like, the rotten leaves and it holds moisture in the, under the ground and it gets all muddy and mucky underneath and it's hard to get up. Yeah. Those hills out there were pretty easy to get up. I mean, it was just dry and pine needles. So, I mean, they were steep and, you know, you'd get you'd start sucking air when you get to the top of a few of them. Yeah. But they were just a little bit easier to get up. That's cool. And did you find, did you find more turkeys, like in the open areas or were they usually hanging around pretty close to where the pines are at? We found a lot. I think we killed all of our birds in the pines, except for the one I chased out of that drainage and killed, yeah. but there were still trees there. Um, and I don't, we didn't really find out what they were eating. We finally cut open the craw of one and there were like little yellow flowers uh, huh. that they were eating. Cause we didn't see anything. I mean, we didn't know nothing. We didn't know anything about the area much anyway. So we didn't really know what kind of food to look for out there. Right. All we saw laying on the ground was pine cones and pine needles. <laughs> so I was told Jacob, I was like, this has got to be what they're eating. This is the only thing I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they hung they hung around the trees, and that's what I keep hearing about our upcoming uh, Oklahoma and Kansas trip this year. Like, find trees and you'll find turkeys. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that, you know, still takes effect there. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about, about Oklahoma and Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going after Rio's, mm-hmm. right? You've been hunting uh, we've been talking about miriams in uh nebraska mm-hmm. but you're going to go after a different different type of bird you're going after rios those mm-hmm. are my that's what i cut my teeth on <laughs> and it's a whole lot of fun mm-hmm. why did you pick those two places um one it was easy to drive to and um two it was that's about it you know i always I always hear about <laughs> two there is no two. two there is no two two seed number one but uh, no, they're they're just close by, and uh, I know there are birds there. I keep hearing everybody hunts. Everybody in the world hunts Kansas, and uh, uh, a lot of people hunt Oklahoma, but maybe not as much. And uh, I was looking at land access. And they've got Kansas is full of walk-in hunting areas. 
Uh, Oklahoma has a lot of WMAs, and so uh, we're going to go out there and, you know, just try our luck. We're going to stay mobile. We're not going to stay in one place, and we're going to have an Airbnb or anything like that. So, you know, the fact that we were staying mobile really opened up more for us. Yeah. We didn't have to pick a town to stick around. Yeah. You know, we could, if we wanted to pick up camp and go across the state one day and come back to the other end the next day, you know, that's fine. So, yeah, just the the amount of the turkey populations and uh, the amount of public land is basically what, what, uh, what just made us decide that. Was there anything just like out of the ordinary that made it difficult for you to, find a place to hunt in Oklahoma or Kansas just as far as regulations? No, not really. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Um, the difference in Oklahoma and Kansas versus like here, you know, we have a statewide season. Uh, and I say we, like Alabama, Tennessee, we've got statewide seasons. Right. I can kill four turkeys. I can kill all four turkeys in the same county on the same farm. You know, it doesn't matter. I can kill all of them there. And I, I guess that's the same way here in Alabama. You can kill all five of your turkeys just you know, wherever, or do you have to do different zones or counties or whatever? Um, so, uh, but anyway, out in Oklahoma and Kansas, they have uh, county limits. They have a state total statewide limit, but there are some counties in Oklahoma that you can only kill one bird, uh, and there are some counties in Oklahoma you can kill two birds. So that made a difference, too, and I think... Does that mean you can kill three? You can kill three per state, but if per you kill... State? Like if if this if one county has a two has a two bird limit, like I can only kill two birds in that county with my license. Yeah. That go toward the state limit, and if I and then I have to go to another county, and the other yeah. county maybe just one turkey per per uh, right per county. But you can you, you can mix those and yeah. end up with a three. Yeah. Yeah. With three birds, three total per the state, and Kansas is the same way, except uh, they do units. Okay. Uh, they have, a, I think it's six units in Kansas. If I'm not mistaken, and there's a couple units, and a couple units have just gone to one bird per unit, uh, which is you know they're significant portions of the state. So, if you're in like the upper northeast corner of Kansas and you kill a turkey, and if it's a one bird limit, you're gonna have to go either to the middle of Kansas or you're gonna have to go south to southeast Kansas or to a whole different part of the state to kill another bird. Yeah, but they got a three bird. Uh, They've got a three-bird season, and uh, we're hunting in a unit that is two birds per unit. So we don't have to just burn a tag and be done there. So technically, y'all could both kill six. Yeah. uh, If you got the opportunity to. (laughs) Best-case scenario, we'll come back with 12 turkeys. But, you know, (laughs) uh, I don't have, you know, I keep realistic expectations, and you got to when you travel. Yeah. Because weather or something like that could come through, and you couldn't kill anything. That's something we talked about with Zach Farrenball a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. or I guess a few weeks ago now. Um, it was, uh, I guess it was our last episode of Deer Season. Talked to Zach Farrenball and um, Aaron Warbritton from mm-hmm. Hunting Public. And I was asking Zach, you know, um, what were your expectations coming into Alabama to hunt deer mm-hmm. a couple years ago when you did? And he said, you know, I don't really, I try not to create expectations because when mm-hmm. you make expectations, you're bound to be disappointed right. by those expectations you, uh, you almost have to be a pessimist you're either always right or you're pleasantly surprised <laughs> yeah yeah that's true man it is it's true and so that's uh i'm i'm the opposite man i'm very optimistic mm-hmm. about stuff and like mm-hmm. i really when i go into research things like you know when you when you research stuff most of the time you're seeing and you're, you're wanting to see the people who went out and killed a limit you mm-hmm. know really fast 
And so, you know, going into Kentucky, when I went and started deer hunting in Kentucky, <laughs> you go into that with the expectation of there's going to be a big buck on every mm-hmm. every soybean field. And it's yep. just not the reality. Yeah. And so you get really disappointed by it. And so I mm-hmm. understand, you know, I understand that thinking, especially somebody like, like those guys who are traveling 100% of the time. They're, yeah. they're in different states and moving all over the place and stuff. And so I think that's a, a lesson you can learn from guys who do that often mm-hmm. for guys like yourself who maybe just can do it once a year yeah, or so yeah. to go out and and you know surprise yourself you yeah. know it's 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 a whole lot more fun when you go out to a spot and you're like i didn't think i was gonna kill something but <laughs> i did you know well just like last year you know we had high expectations of you know we're gonna call in birds and put on a show and they're gorgeous and blah 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 and you know we had to crawl on our belly for a half a mile and chase turkeys over sand dunes, you know, yeah. to, to, to Just kill a kill couple them. birds. So, so expectations going into Oklahoma are like, well, I'm going to have to crawl on my belly through all these thorn bushes and I might get rattlesnake bed. Yeah, there's rattlesnakes. <laughs> That's true. I've killed more rattlesnakes during turkey season than I've killed turkeys. I'm glad my wife season. doesn't listen to this podcast because she's going to be, she's going to be worried about now, it. Now that was in West Texas. There was actually, I can think of a time, uh, it was a spring turkey season. We'll have a short story time. Uh, spring turkey season, I was, golly, how old was I? I was probably a freshman in high school, maybe a sophomore in high mm-hmm. school. I was hunting by myself. I started hunting by myself, I think, in 7th or 8th grade. And Dad had went to to a spot, um, and then I, he, he may have my little sister with him. And uh, I went to a completely different area, kind of close to a windmill mm-hmm. uh, that evening. And I was sitting there, and there was a deer blind not too terribly far away from me. But I was sitting there, and flock of turkeys comes down this old caliche road, and I'm sitting there, and I shoot one, and mm-hmm. it flops, and it was awesome. Like it was, <laughs> it was so much fun, man. Like I, I, and it's one of those like sitting here talking about it. It's almost like I've forgotten about how much fun that hunt was mm-hmm. because it was just so cool to to have that happen. I wasn't, you know, I hadn't really hunted turkeys like that. Yeah before especially the spring season and expectations were super low too Mm -hmm. you know we we knew we'd see turkeys because we always do but it just the the whole experience of that so i shot this bird it flopped i ran to it and in texas you get an actual like a physical tag Mm -hmm. and so i had to have something to tie this tag on with and obviously freshman in high school i didn't think (laughs) to have anything on my person that was that i could tie it with Mm -hmm. i was like well there's deer blind over here i'll run over there to this deer blind and see if there's like carpet mat or something in there or i can tear a little string off of it so i sprint this turkey's still flopping and i make sure that it's you know not going to go anywhere go over to it make sure it's good i sprint all the way to the blind and to this day i don't really know why i was sprinting like there was really no reason to sprint uh other than i had to walk to my dad Mm -hmm. after i was done so i'm sprinting and i get almost to this blind and i in my mind, it's probably a lot different than the reality, but I was like in mid-stride in a run, and I just happened to notice this rattlesnake straight as a board in this little little tiny ditch, mm-hmm. and it was just laid out there straight, and I was like, Whoa, and I like held myself back, and, and I had left my gun mm-hmm. up against the tree mm-hmm. that I had been sitting under, and so I was like, oh, crap. I gotta kill this thing, so I sprinted all the way back to my to my gun. You did grabbed my gun. That day. <laughs> I did. I went and shot this turkey. I mean, went and shot this rattlesnake. Got the thing out of the blind. Found something I need. I could use. Tagged the turkey. 
walk back to my dad down the road with a rattlesnake on, over one shoulder and a turkey in the other shoulder. It was total Texas right and there. It was, and the best part about it was I was like in like this sleeveless, like redneck camo <laughs> shirt. And so the pictures are hilarious. Well, the next day, I was same thing. I mean, it was almost the same thing that happened. Mm-hmm. I had gotten out of where I was gonna, where I was sitting at, and was walking around, and had left my left my gun for some stupid reason. Left my gun mm-hmm. where I was sitting at, and I take like a few steps, and there's this giant, like giant rattlesnake <laughs> coiled up. And it actually struck at me. I was probably oh, wow. just inches away from, but it was a big snake. It mm-hmm. was like a five and a half foot rattlesnake mm-hmm. with like its buttons were like that, like probably like on its rattles. It yeah. was probably, I'm trying to think how, how big you think About that is? four inches. Four or five inches, something yeah, like that half, of rattles. Inches, yeah. And, uh, and so I'm shaking. Like after it <laughs> struck at me and started rattling like crazy, it stayed mm-hmm. coiled up, run back and get my gun and shot this <laughs> rattlesnake. And this thing was gigantic, just big around, mm-hmm. and set back down. And obviously, I'm like paranoid mm-hmm. at this point. I'm like, I'm, I'm two rattlesnakes deep, two de- two days in a row. <laughs> I don't want to even be on the ground right now. I want to be like in an elevated position. And you have a habit of leaving your gun somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and I keep leaving my gun laying in places. So I ended up calling in uh, this Jake and shot this Jake. And walked back to my dad with a rattlesnake over one shoulder and a turkey in the other shoulder. And I shot two birds in two days and nice. two rattlesnakes. And I actually killed a rattlesnake later in the, like, it may have been that same day that was uh, in the middle of the road that we were driving Golly. on. Golly. It was crazy, man. Rattlesnakes are, like, it's a real thing out there that you really need to be concerned about. real. Yeah. Because, like, I, I don't know. I haven't had just a ton of close calls like that where mm-hmm. I almost stepped on them. Mm-hmm. But that couple of days right there was intense. Like it was yeah. crazy intense. I haven't, uh, I've, I haven't hunted anywhere that's heavy in rattlesnakes. Luckily I, so I guess Oklahoma will just have to be minding our P's and Q's about where we're going. And Definitely. When we get up to Kansas, if, uh, if he can still make it, uh, Chris Jenkins, Dr. Chris Jenkins, I don't know. You may have seen his name float around the yeah. Southeast chapter, but uh, he's going to try and meet us out in Kansas, and he's a herpetologist. Oh, cool! Uh, so yeah, he he'll be a good guy to have around, you know, if we if we come Heck across yeah. any snakes. So I'm Heck hoping, yeah. uh, hoping, well, hoping have, we don't run into them. But so I don't know if Oklahoma has it. I'm pretty I'm sure they do. But we had what we called bull snakes mm-hmm. out in West Texas, and mm-hmm. they look just like a rattler. They're not venomous at mm. all, but they look just like a rattlesnake, except they have the more uh, oval-shaped head, mm-hmm. like non-venomous snakes, and they obviously they don't have rattles. Mm-hmm. But they make a noise, and they wiggle their tail yeah, like they're cool. rattlesnakes. Yeah. And I've caught a whole bunch of those in my life. But uh, they apparently they eat rattlesnakes. I don't know the, hmm. all the truth behind that, but that's their defense mechanism mm-hmm. is that they really look like a diamondback rattlesnake. Yeah, that's, something, that's another thing you got to think about when you go out west or anywhere, somewhere different like that. You're not only thinking about turkey hunting. You're thinking about everything else that lives there. Yeah, and, uh, and it, we didn't really have that problem in Nebraska when we, when I was looking, uh, looking at Nebraska and doing some research to go out there, I'd heard there were cougars out there in uh, mountain lines or whatever, uh, but I didn't, you know, we didn't carry any sidearms or yeah. nothing like that. But uh, when you get down, like you said, in the Texas or maybe at Oklahoma, we might have to might have to start looking for rattlesnakes. And then I always thought it'd be cool to go hunt uh, like up in Montana, yeah, Miriams and. Uh, excuse me, hunting grizzly bear country. 
Yeah. So that'd be something really cool. So I don't know. I've heard of guys, um, I've heard of guys in the East calling up black bears, you know, with turkey calls. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess when you're doing your homework to go go somewhere, look up uh, what other critter, what, what, what other critters predators? like to eat turkeys out there. Yeah, and, what, uh, and what, be careful. What likes to eat turkeys and humans? Yeah, that's right. Area. Turkey is a side dish, you know. That's uh, that's cool, man. I that's gonna be a fun trip. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes for you. Yeah, we're uh, like I said, we're gonna be mobile, so we're just gonna keep a tent in the truck and we'll just camp out. Uh, you can camp for free at some of the WMAs out there, and there's several state parks that have free primitive camping. So we're just um, – You can always just sleep in a Walmart parking lot in your truck. Yeah, That's what I would do. Uh, we can still pitch the tent, you know, and we yeah. just don't have to have stakes. And it's, yeah. We're going to be in it. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we could do that. But I think our plan for food this trip oh, – we haven't really talked about it, but I've kind of thought about it a little bit. Uh, it's just, you know, just taking – well, I went on my first backcountry hunt in Wyoming last year, and uh, that was cool to pack for and, you know, like ration out your food. Um, and I think that may be similar to what I do this trip just because it's going to be easier just to have all my food in, like, a bag yeah. or whatever. So it'll be, like, you know, some protein bars for breakfast and, uh, like, some pepperoni and cheese and tortillas and stuff like that for lunch. And then you got jerky and trail mix and stuff for snacks. and yeah. Maybe like dehydrated meals or something uh, for dinner and just go cheap, you know, go budget that way. I was uh, talking to, uh, do you know who Tim Inslee is? The name sounds familiar. He hosts the Backcountry, I'm not not the Backcountry, the Badlands Film Festival. Oh, no. Uh, he's a rodeo guy, big okay. into bow hunting, and mm-hmm. he lives for the Backcountry turkey hunt. That's what he does. <laughs> like, he loves the Backcountry turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it it's a dream of mine, you know, mm-hmm. I want to go. I'd love I'd love to go on a western turkey hunt or something mm-hmm. like that, or, or any really any kind of western hunting trip. I've never done that, mm-hmm. with the exception of being raised in West Texas. Mm-hmm. It's about as far west as I've ever <laughs> hunted, and uh, I think I'd, I think it'd be fun, man. Just yeah. you talking about it, experiencing something new like that's yeah. that's the coolest part about it. You're yeah, just going and, out and seeing new country. Yeah, and then turkey hunting, you know, it's it's like the poor man's big game. I mean, we went to Nebraska. I think we spent. 100 bucks a tag and we got three tags uh and that was it that was all the that's all we spent on that hunt versus gas and you know yeah. whatever, whatever a little bit of stuff but you can do it cheap especially a turkey hunt um and then there's some i think there's some states like wisconsin i don't know what their hunting license is but their turkey tags are like 15 dollars a piece wow and you can continue to buy them you know you you burn, you kill one and use that tag. You go get another one, and they'll keep selling them to you. And I think that's why Dave Owen spent about a week up there last yeah. year and killed <laughs> killed eight million turkeys or however many he killed up there. But um, did you see that thing that Shane Simpson made? It's like how I felt Dave was doing whenever he was in. Oh, was the guy in the helicopter? The guy in the helicopter <laughs> from uh, was it Full Metal Jacket? Yeah, it's yeah, like get, do, 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 get do, do, some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty accurate, man. That that dude's. Uh, I don't man, you can't even compare him to anybody else. He's in yeah. a league of his own. Somebody, and he's just a nice guy too. He's somebody, uh, somebody need to check him for feathers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I, you know, I was talking to a guy today, and he was like, "How many birds?" I think he was honestly. We were. I was. I had shared the video that I just dropped today of a turkey hunt from last year. Mm-hmm. I'd shared it to a page, and the guy said, "How many birds have you killed?" Mm-hmm. I think he was trying to like. He was trying to get some out of you. Get something out of me, yeah. <laughs> Like, you ought not be making videos if you ain't no good at this or whatever. Um, and so I told him, and he was like, well, I guess that's I guess that's all right, you know. And But I, I told him, I was like, 
yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's not it's not that I'm a bad turkey hunter. I yeah. think I'm a decent turkey hunter. I just uh, I know where I want to be, and like it's so much fun, and it's mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I'm just a very competitive person, mm-hmm. not just with other people, but with myself. Like yeah. I want to always get better, mm-hmm. you know, at whatever I'm doing, whether it's deer or turkeys or bass fishing, mm-hmm. whatever. Like if it's something that I've decided is a passion of mine, then I want to be one of yeah. the best at it. Like that's where I. So like I see guys like Dave Owens, and I'm like. Yeah, like, obviously, I'm probably never going to have the means to be able to do what he's doing right now, yeah. and just just because of my lifestyle and what I do for a career and having a family and mm-hmm. things like that, but I want to be the guy, I want to be a guy one day that's like, no, that guy really knows what he's doing, you yeah. know? So I, I, I continue to say, I'm not that good at it, like, because I'm... <laughs> Cause I'm not, you know, same thing with deer hunting. Like, eh, I can kill, I can kill some deer, but I'm not the best at it. But you still have experiences to share. And I think that's what we talked about earlier. Even if, uh, if some guys has only been turkey hunting one day of one season, yeah, but had encounters with turkeys and, and learned something that day, he still has something to share. Yeah. This other guy that's turkey hunted for 50 years or that's killed a turkey in 800 states all over the world, he's got He's got something to share as well, but he's just got a lot of experiences. And yeah. I don't have any more experience than probably the average guy anyway, but I, I'll talk to you all day about turkey hunting. And I'm at the, when I got hooked on turkey hunting, um, you know, I, I may have only had a few years worth of, ex, of experience, and they were probably bad experience more so than not, you <laughs> yeah. know, because I was learning and didn't really know what I was doing, but I enjoyed talking about it, and I – I still would have had something to share. Yeah. And I think, you know, content creators like you, regardless of the experience you have and what your past, you know, hunts were like, you still have something to share. Yeah. And you're just in a position to to put that out there and share it with the world, just like this podcast and your YouTube channel. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's sure. got their own experiences to share. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's especially in turkey hunting mm-hmm. because it is so – different from turkey to turkey yeah like from i just i feel like i can i can assume more on deer mm-hmm. like there's more things that i can say deer deer is going to do this mm-hmm. and sometimes maybe they don't but i feel more confident in making that call mm-hmm. whereas with turkeys i just i can't because every bird is so different like the video yeah. i dropped today if that same scenario happened to me right now i i, I would think I'm going to kill this bird. At some <laughs> point today, I'm going to kill this bird. I mm-hmm. was within freaking 40 yards mm-hmm. of this turkey for like three hours from all yeah. different. Uh, you watched it. You yeah, see how yeah. I did like a horseshoe on that ridge around <laughs> yeah, him? You chase him all. You chase like, him all over the place. <laughs> he stayed in the same spot I had made. I mean, I played that. I don't think I'd do anything different. Yeah. I would. The only thing I would do different is on that last, about two hours into it, mm-hmm. uh, I would have. Basically, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the video, what happened is I had been on like five turkeys, four or five turkeys that morning. And there was one that was that seemed like it would be the easiest one to get to. And he didn't gobble until quite a bit later in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to go down a ridge, down a ridge into a creek bottom. I thought he was in that creek bottom, bottom or on the opposite side of the creek mm-hmm. on a bench really close to the creek. And mm-hmm. he ended up being on that bench. Yeah. But 
I, I came at him from one angle, and he was probably within – I could probably called him into about 50-ish yards, 40, 40 to 50 yards, but there was a mm-hmm. little knob that he was on the other side of, and I never could see him, but I could hear him. It was like I could hear the spit mm-hmm. in his throat when he would gobble. And yeah. it doesn't show up that well on the on the video mm-hmm. as far as the sound. You can't hear it that good, but you can still hear it. Yeah. So what I did was I was like, well, he's not coming this, this direction because he just wouldn't. He, he would gobble, mm-hmm. then he'd turn around, and I'd hear him a little bit further away. And I'm yeah. like, well, crap. So I there was a drainage, or a holler, as you would call it, <laughs> coming down off the side of this this ridge. And I thought, he's going to go up that drainage. Mm-hmm. That's the direction he sounds like. He's just going to follow this bench, make that sharp left turn, and go up that drainage. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to get up on top of it, on top of the ridge, and call him from right there. So I did that, got up on top. Mm-hmm. That bird was in the same exact spot. And I probably got him within about 40 yards yeah. calling him up. But he was, again, just right over the right over the knob where I could not get a shot at him. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. I never saw him. But, again, I could hear the spit in his yeah. throat when he gobbled. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if he's just going to stay there, then I'm going to go down a little bit further to at least make it sound like I'm a turkey that's moving. Yeah. You know, I've at this point I've been on all sides of him. Mm-hmm. So I go down. And that was the closest I got to him. And the the knob was just was a lot closer to me. If he would have put his head over it, I would have shot him. Yeah. Um, but he just never did. Mm-hmm. He just never did. 30 yards probably is where he got. On that, that last run at it, looking back now, if I'm in that same scenario <laughs> and he's not coming any closer, mm-hmm. I'm probably just going to belly crawl up to the edge of that knob to where I can maybe get a mm-hmm. shot at him. But I don't think I I don't think I would have done anything different, you know. Uh, yeah. With my knowledge there, it was just like one of those things that was just like I learned a lot, maybe more from that turkey hunt mm-hmm. than any turkey hunt I've ever been on. Just just being that close to a gobbler for three hours. Yeah. You know. One thing I've started I started this a couple of years ago was keeping a journal, and it's not of every hunt that I've been on. I don't have the patience for that. I don't have the mindset for that. But just if something interesting happened on a hunt like it didn't have to end in a kill or anything like that but if something weird or just what i thought was interesting happened on that hunt i just write the hunt down just like a short little essay of what happened yeah and uh, <laughs> i actually got behind on it because I, I actually finished up the nebraska trip just the other day <laughs> putting <laughs> everything in there but i could remember you know yeah. i could remember stuff but um I was looking back at a couple other hunts from like a couple years ago or the or last year or something like that, and they were hunts that didn't result in me killing a turkey. And I was looking back there and I was reading one. And I was like, "Dang, man, I should have done this." And I could go yeah. back and I looked at the map where I was. Like, ah, I'm an idiot. I should have done this over here. And but I think it's it's different for you guys because you guys carry cameras everywhere. Yeah. And uh, you know you can film every you film everything you watch the film, but. Um, I would suggest that to anybody, just yeah. keeping a journal or something to log your hunts or some just something every now and then. To where you because, can look back at it and maybe it brings back to your memory yeah. the things that you learned. Because or maybe you can, maybe, I mean, there's a lot of people putting content out there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I found for me with, with any type of hunting that I do, the more that I absorb that content from people, mm-hmm. I can look back at these other scenarios and be like, oh. Yeah. Well, that's what I should have done. Then. Yep. Because exactly. that's you know you you're constantly evolving. You're learning yeah. every single time you listen to a podcast or watch a video mm-hmm. of Dave's or somebody like that. Yeah. And so you can take those things and apply it in 
it all kind of comes together. What yeah. maybe you should have done, or maybe a reason why that hunt worked, mm-hmm. why you were successful, and you didn't really know why. Yeah. Um. So I think it's I think it's all like having some way to log those memories is mm-hmm. is especially important. You know. Yeah. It, and just in the last couple of years that I've started hunting public land more so than I ever did, I've learned infinitely more than I ever would have, you know, hunting my farm, you know, down in Tennessee or in Hickman County where I grew up that I've hunted my whole life. Uh, If I just set up my decoys on the edge of a field there every season, every weekend, what am I going to learn? Yeah. You know, but stomping around 20,000 acres on a WMA somewhere or going out to Nebraska, you know, or you just take in so much more. And the stuff from Nebraska, I can probably really apply to the stuff in uh, Kansas and Oklahoma just because there's different yeah. birds, open terrain, blah, blah, blah. Um, but just being able to gain more knowledge, that's another good reason to travel and hunt because you just pick up stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, I think we were talking about earlier about listening to podcasts and getting nuggets of information from this podcast and the nuggets of information from this one. It's the same thing with traveling. You know, there's a few things that I learned in Nebraska that I'll carry over into hunting this year, yeah. even in Tennessee. And then I'll take that some other thing and I'll take it to Oklahoma and use. Or and in the future, I'll use something I learned this year. So, as hunters, you know, we're always we always have to be learning something. Yeah. And I think if we're not learning something, we're either uh, too cocky to make ourselves learn something, or we've just gotten to a point where we don't care. Uh, yeah. So we always have to. And some people some. don't want to evolve, and they want to stay doing what they're doing. That's fine, yep. you know, if that's your priority. But you see that a lot on social media. <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> All right, so we're running short on time yeah. on the podcast, but I do want to do a speed round with you. Okay. All right. Okay. And speed round means just answer the question as simply as you can. Sometimes it might be yes or no. I Sometimes like it might be a one word. Okay. Thing. Sometimes I might say why. <laughs> You know, just just depending on what it is. Okay. Uh, but this is the one we've been starting on. What kind of gun do you use? I use I shoot a Benelli, a Super Black Eagle original. Uh, and my dad got me that when I was a senior in high school. He said that was my my Christmas graduation and my birthday present. <laughs> and that was in '04, and I've had that gun ever since, and I've used it all over the country. And yeah, I'll, I'll never get rid of it, and I suggest it to anybody. All right, are you using open sights? Yeah, bead, just regular old bead on the front of it. Just a bead on the front. Hadn't made it far in life, uh, far enough in life to get a optic, get a, get a sight from a gun yet. Hey, that it works. If it works, I mean, yep. Sounds like you killed a bunch of turkeys. I get lucky. Using a bead, <laughs> so don't fix it if it ain't broke. Yep. All right, so um, let's see. What kind of choke? I use a uh, pure gold, uh, which is I've had that choke just a little bit less than I've had the gun. That was the first choke I've ever bought, and that's the only choke I've ever bought. But it's a pure gold turkey choke, uh, .670. Um, it's not super tight, but I shoot, uh, I don't know, this may be your next question. but It I, is, don't say it. Okay, okay. But All yeah, right. That's what I shoot. All right, what uh, what loads do you use? Uh, this year I'm using uh, Federal TSS 3.5 inch number 9s. Um, one thing uh, that we didn't talk about that probably needs to be mentioned, but when you go to different states, check the shot the shot size regulations. Um, I think Tennessee has a regulation that you can't use shot any larger in size than number four, so you can't okay. use like number two shot or BB or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but other states have a shot size minimum in that. I think Nebraska had a uh, nothing smaller 
than seven and a half. So you couldn't use number nine or 10 wow. shot or some of these, you know, really small TSS loads. But, um, yeah, this year I'm shooting three and a half inch TSS number nines. Okay. All the pellets. Give me all the pellets. That's what I got. I got yeah. the three and a half number nines from uh, Federal. They shoot uh, They shoot really well with that uh, .67 choke uh, because it's just a little more open. I don't shoot turkeys very far. Um, you know, conventional, what's the the 40 yard number that everybody throws around that's that's me yeah. uh, i don't shoot turkeys very far but i like a lot of pellets yeah um, and so even when i even before i shot tss i shot number six three and a half inch so i just like a lot of pellets that's awesome what were you using before uh just for tss yeah just three and a half inch number six shot just i don't even remember i don't think i was loyal to anything probably winchester whatever something or another yeah cheap co-op you know box yeah. of shells i could get at the co-op or walmart yep hey i remember a time this isn't part of speed round i remember a bird that i shot and uh i totally didn't have any of the right stuff i'd went to go get <laughs> turkey loads and nobody had them mm-hmm. in the little town that i was in and uh, I ended up shooting at a bird with some old, old stuff that I had. And like it, paper shells. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it hit it hit him. Yeah. And I, I saw it. I mean, it blew feathers off of him, mm-hmm. hit him, like, right underneath the neck. Mm-hmm. And uh, that bird flew off. Yeah. And from that point on, I stock up. Like, I, <laughs> I get plenty. I make sure that I'm going to yeah. go in the woods with plenty of stuff because yeah. I've seen, you know, I, I know guys say you can kill them with bird shot. That's, yep. you know. You can, mm-hmm. and I have, but it's just not recommended. It's not recommended. <laughs> yeah, that was a thirty-yard shot, you know, and it just my first uh, my first turkey I killed with a uh, it was a twenty-gauge Belgium Brown and A five. It was actually my mom's old shotgun and uh, uh, six number six shot squirrel shot. I mean, I didn't even <laughs> know there were turkey shells when I first started turkey gun, but. Uh, yeah, quick story, but I shot this Jake. I just built a blind on the edge of a field way for one walk by. Shot this Jake, and uh, I didn't know they flopped around so much when you killed them. Um, I thought I shot a few deer, and I shoot nearly all my deer with a rifle in front of the shoulder in the neck, and they drop right yeah. in the tracks. I thought that's what a turkey would do, uh, and I was mistaken. So <laughs> I shot this turkey, and it starts flopping, and I'm thinking, oh, crap, this thing's about to get up and run away. So I jump, I jump out of the blind, and this thing's still flopping. I'm like, oh no! So I just draw a bead, and I just put the put a line of shot right across the right across <laughs> his head. Just blew his head clean off, and he just kept flopping. And I think I shot the last shell, and I didn't I didn't have any shells left. So I just sat there and watched the turkey flop. I didn't know what to do, but yeah, you can kill him with anything. It's just you know, there's some there's better options out there. Yeah, but yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. All right, so are you a bottomland guy or something else? Uh, well, I wear a lot of First Light stuff. Uh, I got a discount, and I got a bunch of First Light stuff. So I wore my, my clothing is First Light, but I just got my gun dipped in a bottomland. Okay. So, yeah. I'm That's a, cool. I'm, I'm a little trashy than I like Mossy Oak. I'm a little more uppity than I like First Light. That yeah. kind of thing. No, not really. I'm, Different I'm, tra- tax bracket. I'm still I'm still a dirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You like, uh, let's see, fried turkey nuggets or grilled turkey breast? Uh, you can't beat you can't beat fried nuggets, uh, especially since I found out you can go to Chick-fil-A and get a tub of Chick-fil-A sauce. So that kind of... You can I, do that? Yeah, they... Like a, so if you have Chick Fil A catered or they put a catering tray together, uh-huh. they'll give you like I don't know, it's like eight ounces of their sauce. 
but you can get it for like two dollars it's super cheap so yeah Dang. next time you're at chick-fil-a you're at uh here pro tip before turkey season get you a bunch of chick-fil-a sauce for your turkey nuggets heck yeah because that's cheap but i like uh i like grilled breast uh turkey breast you know, like on the smoker or something and yeah. i'll just slice it and make deli meat out of it i like that too heck yeah all right so are you uh diaphragm pot call box uh diaphragm more than anything um I do. I have a pot called. So I think it's like a crystal or glass or whatever. I do like that because it's super loud, and uh, the, I carry a box call, but I hardly ever use it. And it was the first turkey call I ever got. It was a Lynch, uh, foolproof turkey call. I use it every now and then, but just man, the realism of a diaphragm or a pot call, uh, it, it can't be beat. But diaphragm more than anything. What's your favorite cut? I blow a uh, mostly a ghost cut or a V cut. Um, that's just what my mouth likes, and uh, that's that's a whole other podcast, figuring out which yeah. mouth call to use or whatever. But, yeah, ghost cut, V cut, and then I have a, uh, I have a cutter, too. Okay. So that's what I carry. What uh, what what brand are you using? You just kind of whatever you like best? No, nah, I like uh, Appalachian Custom Calls. It's a guy that makes them out of East Tennessee, uh, Jonathan Shule, and um, they're cheap. They're like 6 bucks a piece, and I buy new ones every year, and I just keep some in my truck. And... Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with them. I don't, excuse me, I don't know, um, I don't know why people would pay you like $14 for a mouth call. That's unreal to me. That's I know guys that do, not knocking anybody, you know, whatever floats your boat, but golly, man, they're just a little old diaphragm call. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to lose probably, I don't know how many each spring anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true, man. You're right. You're right on that. All right. Um, are you a beard guy or a spur guy? Ooh. I'd say spur more than beard. Uh, I never really got into it. I like it's like a it's like like is that what everybody says? Are you, no, are you a butts or boob guy? That's kind of the same yeah, question uh, for turkey butt, hunter. Yeah, butt all the way in that department, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I like I don't know spurs more so than beard. Uh, I just like seeing big old spurs on some, but yeah. I I can't ever I don't ever look at them until they get the bird down. So I'm not trophy hunting. I'm not. I'm not the turkey DMA or TDMA yeah. over here, you know, trying to age my birds. But. So if it, let's say you got three gobblers that come out, okay. they come just rolling out there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can't really age them. No. Um, are you going to shoot the one with the longest beard, or just the first one that gives you a shot? Probably the first one that gives me a shot, because man, if they come in there, you best be you best be ready. You can't yeah. you can't be having your tape measure out, you know, while uh, while they're standing there. You can't be thinking too much. Yeah. But I don't know. I like it's always a bonus, you know, when you walk up on one, he's got a big old beard and he's got long spurs and he's heavy as crap when you first pick him up. But, you know, the thing, the good thing about turkey hunting is everything leading up to that point is why we turkey hunt. Yeah. Like, sure. I don't, I haven't met a turkey hunter yet that's like, man, I killed this bird, but he only had a nine inch beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, man, I thought he was a 10 point. Uh, yeah. He's he he only had seven eighths inch spurs. Yeah. no <laughs> i'm not like that man if they gobble and they put on a show and they get me fired up man he's he's good enough to ride in my truck yeah all right wood birds or field birds i grew up uh i grew up hunting field birds you know on private land and that was always fun especially you know using decoys and seeing the show that they put on uh but i've dipped my dipped my toe into hunting woods birds and, and it's probably gonna be hard to beat them woods birds i think i think i'm gonna get hooked on it so yeah I'll go with Woods Bird right now. Okay, that that makes sense. I mean, you're 
Tennessee guy, so you mm-hmm. kind of have a good mixture. You can kind of do whatever yeah, you feel we, like. We got everything. We got all the wet. We got all kinds of weather, and we got all kinds of terrain. We got all kinds of stuff to choose from up there. That's the thing I like about Tennessee. Like mm-hmm. when I, it's almost it almost feels like as soon as I cross the state line into Tennessee, just the habitat diversity. Mm-hmm. Just is insane. I know the air just you just breathe fresher air and you ain't gotta yeah. worry about this Bama stuff, you know. Yeah. The, the color orange just looks a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that. Um I'm I'm indifferent on that because I I don't really care. I'm from Texas, so um uh let's see what was where was I at? Oh no, you're talking about diversity. Yep, we got uh, you got mountains in the east, we've got rolling hills in the middle, and you got virtually, you know, plains out in the west. Yep. So you got all kinds of stuff to choose yep. from. And I hunted a place out in West Tennessee this year for deer and it was pretty hilly. Like mm-hmm. you had you I mean, you can pretty much go an hour if you live in Nashville, you can mm-hmm. go an hour any direction, you can have whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is pretty cool. So uh what's your bucket list turkey hunt? Man, I don't know. I you know, we went to Nebraska last year, and when I got that bird, it was right then I was like, man, I, want, I totally want to get a Grand Slam, uh, and I want to do it all on public land. Um, so I think the tip top of that would go would be going to Florida and doing an Osceola on public land. I think that's what everybody's is right now, actually. But um, in the meantime, I'm, I'm building up preference points in Florida to get that Osceola because I know how hard they are, so I'm going to try and just build enough points and get a good quota hunt. And just up my chances. Yeah. So yeah, probably the Osceola. Uh, I do want to go to Mexico and get a Goulds. Uh, yep. I think I'm gonna have to do. I'll have to do an Outfitter if I go that route. I I started to uh, build points in Arizona, uh, but I kind of opted out of it because the time that it would take for me to build enough points to draw a Goulds or an area that had Goulds turkeys in Arizona, uh, with that money I could go to Mexico and yeah. hunt with an outfitter. I, I could, I probably still do self-guided or something like that where, you know, I could, I want to call my own birds. I, right now, as many birds as I've killed, not totally not bragging or anything, but I couldn't imagine somebody calling in a bird for me right now. It just yeah. irks me. And I think, I think a lot of turkey hunters are like that. Um, it just wouldn't feel right. Yeah. It just feel like, Oh, I just shot a turkey. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just me. But, uh, yeah, Osceola in Florida and uh, and or uh, Mexican Goulds. That'd be cool. So, but all, all of those sounds awesome. I know they. Uh, then some people ask me like, "What's your favorite turkey?" And I was like, "Man, whichever one's next, yeah. I'm ready to go." So April fourth, I'll be hunting in Tennessee, and that's going to be my favorite turkey hunt right then. Yeah, I understand. I actually got to see some Osceolas uh, when I was deer hunting mm-hmm. down in Florida this year, which mm-hmm. was really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm, man, I just had this crazy infatuation almost with florida like i just like it it's wild <laughs> i don't i don't want to like it though like i don't like the weather in florida oh no i, I don't really the like the bit the, like but there is something about hunting in florida mm-hmm. and having the opportunity like it's hard dude mm-hmm. the deer hunting there was tough especially when you don't have all summer to scout and all that mm-hmm. stuff you're just kind of going as you go yeah uh it's crazy but there was one specific day out there this year where I saw deer, mm-hmm. I saw a black bear, mm-hmm. and I had a group of Osceolas come through. That's crazy. And it was just a cool, just a neat little spot, you yeah. know? And, uh, they so, got panthers down there, too, the Florida yeah. panthers. Yep. And gators and pythons and Florida men and everything else. Oh, and, and, <laughs> and 
the, the hunters in Florida ain't no joke either. That's almost a whole other animal in themselves. That's right. But, uh, all right, so this is the last question. Okay. And you may be the first person to answer this question differently. Okay. But you might not. I don't know. Okay. But I think so. Just okay. judging by our conversations. All right. Will you shoot a Jake? I will. Uh, I will not shoot a Jake. Well, I don't know. Maybe if it's my birthday, <laughs> maybe if it's my birthday, I might shoot a Jake. Or if it's uh, if it's the last day of the season, you know, and I might have a tag left, then then I might shoot a Jake. But other than that, you know, I will, I will <laughs> I not. Do will not shoot a Jake. No, I'll shoot a Jake. I'll, I'll shoot. I would have shot one last year if I hadn't missed one. I'll shoot one if. Yeah. Uh, you go out of state, you drive for two days, and you got a tag to burn. Jake start looking pretty good. You get, oh yeah, you get hungry, man. I ain't gonna, I ain't never gonna, I ain't never gonna hit on or talk crap on anybody for shooting a Jake. Yeah, do whatever makes you happy, man. Yeah. It, well, I mean, if he's just standing there and yeah, he's he, asking for he's it, just looking at me funny. <laughs> no, I will not shoot a Jake. So you're the first person so far this turkey season that has said yes, I will shoot a Jake. I, I, I ain't too proud to shoot a Jake. Yep, I mean, he's just a Jake. He's just a, especially if he comes in goblin or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you either hungry or you just got your blood pumping, man. Yep, go ahead until until the biologists deem that we probably shouldn't shoot Jakes and have at it. I don't care, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Good answer. Thank you. Well, dude, thanks for coming on the show, man. Man, I loved it. It's a lot of fun doing these in-person things. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I was glad I got to come out here and hang out with you. Thanks for our uh, lunch date. Heck yeah. Heck yeah we... <laughs> Listen, those dough burgers are something special. Dough burgers. They're, they're good. I'm, I'm going to remember them. I'm a fan. I'm a, I might look up a recipe. I might try to make one out of venison, uh, do a venison dough burger. You might could. I think it's a German thing, if I'm not mistaken. That's I eat all kinds of stuff. Seriously. I know, like that that menu has a lot of German stuff mm-hmm. on it, like Jaeger Burger mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Coleman's a pretty predominantly German history mm, okay. kind of place. I think the dough burger might be a German thing. I'm not positive. Cool. If so, I if I make one, if I make a dough burger out of venison, I'll uh, shoot you a recipe. Heck yeah, dude! I want to know all about that because I would love to have have them here. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool, man. Well, yeah, dude. I know you got to get back to Tennessee here here pretty quick, but. Yep. Uh, Man, thanks for driving out and hanging out and eating burgers and talking turkeys. That's, yeah, you get all my favorite things right there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What we need to do is we need to plan on doing another podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be in Tennessee in May. Uh, We need to plan to do a podcast live and in person in the turkey woods. That sounds awesome. So just holler at me. Wherever you're at, I'll come find you. Let's do it. All right. Thanks so much, Joey, for coming on the show again, guys. Um, if you're going to be out in the woods this weekend, stay safe. Try not to be in large groups of people. I know, I know you don't want to hear it on a podcast, but, uh, I do want to recommend that you guys just stay safe. Be smart. Um, we, uh, we got a quite a bit of turkey season left and I think it's going to be a good one. I'm really excited about the remainder of this season. Um, yeah, that's going to be all for today. Make sure you check us out on Facebook at Southern Ground Hunting, on Instagram, all lowercase, all one word, at Southern Ground Hunting, and on YouTube on the Sportsman's Nation channel on YouTube. Check out those videos. I've already posted a couple of turkey hunting videos that I didn't get to post from last season. Um, Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, there's a brand new one with a bird uh, that I'm going to try to kill tomorrow. So 
Um, if you if you're listening to this when it comes out, there may be a slight chance that there's going to be a new video up. Um, that's on the Sportsman's Nation uh, YouTube channel. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. If you're going to be out in the woods, remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>